This is After the Final Rose with Dante and Alana, a siblings podcast talking everything Bachelor and Bachelorette. Welcome back, Bachelor Nation. The time has finally come for After the Final Rose with Alana and Dante, season finale of The Bachelor. Um, What a whirlwind of an episode. We are so excited to break everything down for you. Talk about um, not only did we get a finale episode, but then we get a very dramatic, um, I think one of the craziest After the Final Rose in a long time. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a, what a crazy, crazy evening. Yeah. And with everything going on with Rachel uh, Kirkconnell and like the news and Chris Harrison, this was a, an extremely anticipated finale because we, we wanted to hear um, what went on behind the scenes. If they ended up together, are they still together? And just Mm -hmm. what, what's her side of the story? And I, I would say we got that. Yeah, I think a lot of people um, assumed that Rachel has been very quiet because um, she didn't want to speak too soon or give too much information that would, you know, spoil the season finale. But um, yeah, a lot of people were finally excited to hear, not excited, sorry, wrong word, very interested and um, intrigued Mm -hmm. to just kind of hear how she would handle it, which we'll get to that later on. Um, But we start off, you know, Matt has, the time has come for Matt to introduce his final two to his mom and uh, his brother. So his, his brother kind of, I feel like stepped in as the father figure role for this yeah. meeting. Um, wow. His brother looks just like him, but like face wise, everything else, like they're two different, two different people. Yeah. Um, I kind of forgot he had a brother because he talks about him in the little, a little in the very beginning. Um, yeah. But we haven't heard much since the first premiere episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you had the mom and the brother. And the first uh, meeting was Michelle meeting uh, the family. And you just, you in, in that moment with her meeting Matt's family, you continue to just I guess fall in love with Michelle and see how great of a fit she would be with Matt or um, possibly for the next Bachelorette and she's just she seems I always say it's been like a genuine good person and that um, she's done nothing wrong. I just feel like Michelle was a perfect like you said a perfect fit for him. Um, The mom you could tell I mean she really liked Michelle she got very emotional with Michelle And I think um, we all were able to see that, you know, which is something that I don't think Matt has ever really talked about, but Matt, uh, his mom mentioned that he was someone growing up that tended to always want to hang out with the friends that had like the perfect picture family, a mom and dad, Mm -hmm. you know, something that he didn't have growing up. And so she seemed, you know, very happy that Michelle was going to give that to Matt again and that Matt could kind of, you know, feel like part of the family. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just feel like she really enjoyed Michelle. Um, the brother was like putting both girls in the hot seat. Um, he, Uh it was actually funny because when I was watching, I felt like I was watching an interview. Um, the, the questions seemed a little, I don't know if they were scripted or if they were given to him. Well, that, that, that's the point I was going to bring up is that I 100% thought that the questions were scripted. They were just so like, what's the word um the most generic question you would ask yes and like, they, exactly they were interview questions like he yeah. I think it was Rachel he was like the it, this wasn't the exact question but this is what it reminded me of is when you're in an interview and they're like why do you feel like you're the best fit for this job or this mm-hmm. company and he was like why do you think you're the one for Matt or something like that and I was like this is oh this reminds me of an interview it was kind of mm. weird, but I do think he asked, like, they were the right questions. It's just like, oh, yeah. they were so like flat scripted, like no person, like no personality attached to it. I 100% agree. And I just, I, 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 th- I think they both the mom and the brother fell in love with Michelle and they could see the future with Matt. And, yeah. um, you know, we've talked about this in the past, but we can clearly see Rachel as a front runner at this point. Uh, just because of how Matt has 
reacted with her, like held back with Michelle and to see, um, I guess the family start to fall in love with Michelle. I was thinking in that moment, will this create controversy? Because we've seen seen in the past where, where the parents are like, we like this girl better. Um, you're going to, I don't want you to make the mistake. And then yeah, they go I thought we were going to get that. Girl. Yeah. But I feel like, um, we definitely, which is something you don't see often is I feel like Michelle or Matt's mom just loved both of them. And I thought both, mm-hmm. um, inter- I want to call it an interview, but like both meeting of the parents was, um, went very well. And I definitely agree. I think that I, but out of Michelle's, I think that Michelle, um, oh my God, I keep getting, Matt and Michelle are too much of the same. Matt's mom <laughs> was able to see like what we all see, um, which is just a genuinely good person. And it felt real. And like, she wasn't putting yeah. on a front for Matt's mom. Um, but after that, we get to uh, meet, have Rachel meet Matt's mom. Yep. Um, and I will, leading off of what you just said, I feel like for a long time, we've seen Matt and Rachel, so everything's so comfortable. You know, he always seems more interested in her, but I actually felt like he seemed like more interested in uh, Michelle meeting his mom than I thought with Rachel. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just feel like he didn't seem as engaged or like excited. Um, I wonder if like it sort of felt like she was already a part of the fam no I, I I'm talking for Michelle like she blended well in yeah. that family environment while Rachel didn't and yeah. I think that went a long way and like you could tell that there was a little um uncomfortable feelings with Rachel um during that little like meeting with the family yeah and I don't feel like um, we really got anything exciting out of the meetings of the parents. Like usually we get a little bit of drama or like a parent doesn't like one of the people or they drill them really yeah. hard. Um, but these were kind of like pretty boring. Um, Rachel did talk about with Matt's mom about how the first night, um, you know, Matt gave a prayer and she got really emotional about it. And she, it really was um, hit home to her that he, brought mm-hmm. up his religion and Matt's mom actually was really emotional she started crying and she was like that makes me very happy that like you know he was able to pray on you guys or whatever um but otherwise else I don't really feel like anything came out of both because they both just went as normal and usual um mm-hmm. yeah and it was definitely I guess no I don't know if step down is the word but compared to when Tasha um brought the guys to meet her family you know it was fun like it was uplifting they played basketball they were scootering eating pizza and then with uh, Michelle and Rachel it was just a sit down let's talk and let's move on which I thought was kind of interesting I didn't even think of it that way like that's true there's usually like more to it um and Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe they just had already so much footage to fit into one night that they you know didn't oh probably um but then we get kind of one of the most pivotal moments of the night is that Matt then afterwards sits down with his mom and brother to kind of get their opinion and see you know like how they felt about the girl if they had a favorite and obviously like they liked both girls uh but Matt's mom pretty much is just like I don't feel like love is always enough and mm-hmm. it's not the end all be all. And, you know, she pretty much tells him that she doesn't want him to rush into just an engagement just because he's on the show, which I feel like is a little too late to be like having this conversation yeah. because that's what you go on the show for is an engagement. So, mm-hmm. and that's what, you know, like I feel like Matt has been up front with the girls from day one that like he was getting and he was going to propose at the end of this like there was no question about it and then I feel like he let his mom get into his head and he just couldn't commit again um because Mm -hmm. now he's just being completely doubtful of an engagement and she was saying something along the lines of like you fall into love and it was something in connection to her relationship out of love yeah, you can fall Very into love easily. quick, but you can also fall out of it. Yes. And that got in Matt's head because all season we've seen Matt um, connecting, or I guess connecting is a word, 
uh, his possible relationship to his dad and his mom's and he didn't yeah. want to go down the same road because he wanted to be the father figure and he wanted a long lasting marriage. And I, I think her point's valid, but like you said, I think, I think it's a tough time to bring that right. up. A hundred percent. It is, it is valid. Absolutely. Like you, it's not real life to go on a show and meet someone and in a, in a month you get, uh, proposed or engaged mm-hmm. like that's not realistic but unfortunately that's a show he signed up for so like you knew that he this was going to happen in la- my guess is that she just actually didn't think this would fall through and that mm-hmm. like I don't know maybe she was skeptical and just like didn't think he would actually meet someone in the, that he wanted to propose to in the end but it's like again where like we you you kind of knew what he was signing up for when he went on the show yeah, and that really got in Matt's head. And he, you know, he was debating, what do I do? Do I get engaged at the end of this? Do I just walk out with a relationship? And he starts talking to Chris Harrison. And I think Chris, Chris has been down this road many times. And how I was starting to see it is that he was sort of trying to put Matt on a track to get engaged. Mm-hmm. I think he was trying, because he, you know, passed like four seasons we've had issues with yeah. nobody being engaged at the end of the show and yeah. it, it, it sort of felt like he was trying to put Matt back on the track rather than put Matt on a track that would lead him to a successful relationship yeah. and that, that's Look, just how I, I saw it I don't understand like I get that the whole point of the show is to get engaged but I don't understand why it's so frowned upon nowadays to leave the show and not get engaged like it ha- it can happen like they mm-hmm. it, they should be allowed to be like okay let's see where we go from here um or don't put the pressure on them that they have to get married right away like Jojo and Jordan have been engaged for like three years now and I know they were supposed to get married I think last year but because of COVID mm-hmm. they couldn't but like what is wrong with that? Like they were engaged, they dated. They were like, we're leaving the show engaged and we're not in a rush to get married. We're going to date each other um, for the next however long because like it's been a month. So I don't know. I I feel like nowadays like Bachelor doesn't need to be so set on a proposal because it's not mm-hmm. realistic anymore. Like nowadays with social media and all the things that go on outside of the show, it's just not, it's not realistic to get engaged after eight weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think I, I, there's just so much pressure with being in that position. And, you know, in the past, like most of the bachelors, bachelorettes have gotten engaged at the end of it. And you kind of feel like you have to fit into that status quo. And yeah. I mean, it, 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 I'm sure they also get pressured in a way from producers because it, it's not that it's like the point of the show, but it's like, why are we doing this whole show to make someone just date rather than yeah. get married? And I think I there's a that, thin yeah. line between that, but I, I don't know. It, it's tough, but yeah. following his conversation with Chris, um, you know, he goes about, about the week and his first date uh, before possibly proposing or whatever happens next is with Michelle. And they're sort of climbing down the side of the building, which has been used before by them um but did he not learn his lesson with Rachel like I was shocked that they did that date I was like you literally just watched Rachel face plant off of a jumping out of a plane and now you guys are going to climb the side of a building I mean I think I think they had the I'm sure they double triple quadruple checked to make yeah. sure that was safe because they didn't want someone falling yeah. but I, I I did think it was I, I mean that, that, that's cool like grappling down a building it, it wasn't too tall but uh, yeah. I don't know I guess it was cool but at the end once they got to the bottom there was a which looked to be on like a helicopter pad or a, mm-hmm. a plane runway um like a couch a little romantic scenery um which wasn't really much of a date um no but but they did I mean afterwards they went and had dinner together or like a cocktail hour or whatever the two of them mm-hmm. um and that's you know was a big moment for them because Michelle um 
brought a gift for him and it was really sweet. Like it was two jerseys. I can't remember what the front said, like the warrior. It was, I think it was gold or wait, it was, I don't remember, but it did say warriors on it. Something warrior. And then the back was Mr. James. And then her said, Mrs. James. And then like all of a sudden Mm -hmm. for him, shit hit the fan. Like he was like so doubtful. And he was like, her giving those jerseys to me just made me like question Mm -hmm. everything, which I don't know how that just happens. Like, I was just not expecting that at all. I I was just about to say the same thing. I did not expect Matt to send her home like that. But what's interesting, well, funny, I guess, is right before that scene, I was telling the guys in my apartment when we were watching, I was like, if this was me and I knew who I wanted to continue on the show with, I would not put them through a, you know, I don't know, leading them on. Uh, if I knew for sure. So I yeah. wonder if if he knew for sure that it was not her. Um, I, I guess it's a fair thing to do, but it's it's just tough. She just gave that gift. She just, yeah. once again, professed her love for him. And then he's like, I don't remember the exact words, but he said something along the line. He's like, don't see future out of this with you. It was It was something like that where he was pretty much sending her home. Yeah, he said um, he doesn't think he can get there with her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know. I just wasn't expecting it. I felt like Michelle could kind of tell he was off because she seemed like she was the one asking the questions and, you know, like asking him about the meeting with the parents and, you know, like it was her initiating all the conversations. And then when she gave the mm-hmm. gift and, you know, he was like, I just feel like I can't get there with you. I think she was just completely taken off guard because she was like, she, she amazes me because she does ask the right questions, which is so true. She was mm-hmm. like, how do you just flip a switch? And obviously he, to save his ass is like, oh, I didn't flip a switch. Like I feel this way. But it's like you didn't flip a switch or you didn't feel this way because you've been saying from day one that you want to get married, you want to get or you Mm -hmm. want to propose. So it's like, I don't really feel like all of a sudden in your head, you're like, oh, actually, no, never mind. Like, I don't want to. Um, But it it broke my heart to see Michelle break down like that. And, you know, she said Mm -hmm. she was like, so am I supposed to fight for you? Like, I think she didn't know that like he didn't clearly break up with her. Um, it kind of was just like, I don't see me getting to where you are. And so then he left and I just felt really bad because Mm -hmm. she was completely just left with all these questions. Um, she got no closure and it was just like, that was it. He left. Yeah. And we can talk about more about that later where she finally gets to talk to Matt and she asks him those questions. But once Matt left the, uh, hotel room, he went down outside and he was crying. He was pretty broken up about yeah. uh, the fact that he just dumped Michelle like that. And he's confused. He doesn't know what to do. And, you know, he's questioning his whole, this whole journey. And does he want to get engaged to um, Rachel, who's the only one left standing? And right. I think Chris asked him uh, something like, are you, do you think you can go on? And he said, I'm, I'm just not sure. Yeah. Like he wanted, he was like, I need time. And that was like, mm-hmm. and then he walked away. Like that was it, which just, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, it confused me. Um, I also was like really shocked because this was the scene that we've been seeing in previews over and over. And like, mm-hmm. this was actually for Michelle, which surprises me because um, you know, he ended things with her and it seemed like it just tore him up inside. So I'm just mm-hmm. very curious, like if it hurt you this bad, then like, was she really the one that you should have ended up with? Um, yeah, but I don't know, but then, you know, Chris has to now go and Rachel's all excited. She gets her date and Chris uh, knocks on the door and I felt bad because she was so excited. She was like, hi, hi, Chris, like all giddy. And then Chris was just like, I don't know how to tell you this, but Matt's left and like needs space and needs time mm-hmm. and you're not having a date. So like, she has no answer. She literally nothing. Yeah, that that's rough. And especially it's different when you do it with 10 girls left, but when you do it with two, one, but she thinks it's two, right. that is like messing the with someone's are mind because hundred percent. 
Yeah. And you, in that moment, you're, I'm sure she's thinking, oh, I'm going, it, it's not me. It, mm-hmm. it must not be me because yeah. we're not, we're not even going to get a final date before a possible proposal. So I'm sure in that moment, she was like, it, it, it's not me. It's Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, I would hate to be in that situation because I feel like my mind would have just raced to every possible um, mm-hmm situation but then it's weird because then all of a sudden it pivots to neil lane showing up at matt's door to pick out Mm -hmm. a ring which to me why would you pick out a ring if you are still like questioning a proposal like yeah a ring is looking at a ring and picking out a ring is not going to change your mind on your commitment issues like it may make you feel like you want to get engaged but it's not going to change how you feel i'm very curious if that was contract reasons um oh probably because they are in partnership with neil lane what i was wondering and i this is maybe the first time at least i can remember that they didn't show the neil lane logo on the uh whatever you call the little box when you open up in the rings inside and like the top flap it all they always do a close-up of the neil lane which they didn't this time i'm very curious why um but yeah I, i i do think maybe it had to do a contract or it was getting in matt's head to lead him in in the direction to a proposal yeah I think obviously they are going to do whatever they can to make sure that there is a proposal so it could have been on them to be like well you're Neil Lane's still going to show up and let's like go with it and see how it goes um which he sorry go ahead I was just gonna say it could also be um with production saying we want to still lead the viewers on a little bit Mm -hmm. um just so they think there could be still there still could be an engagement um So let's keep them wondering. So it also could have been that. Yeah. um, So then obviously, like, sorry, I'm outside. So we're going to hear a lot of weird noises. Um, But he picks it out, even though he isn't ready, which is weird. And then um, Rachel gets a card, like a date card to her door being like, you know, I needed some time or I don't remember exactly what it said, but it ended with mm-hmm. me at the lake, which I didn't realize that this was going to be where the engagement was. Like, I thought he was going to just sit down, talk to her, mm-hmm. maybe get like some clarity explained to her, but it went straight to the proposal. So this girl literally is getting ready for a proposal when she didn't have a date with him and she has no idea where his head's at. So she's got to be thinking I'm going home. Like mm-hmm. it's, he's not going to choose me. So that was very weird. Um, but you know, once Rachel gets there, Matt opens up to her and, you know, explains all his conflicting feelings and tells her, you know, I just, I can't propose to you today. Um, and he want to me, it felt weird because he says to her, I still want see a future with you. I want to, yeah. I see you as my future wife. I want to have kids with you. Um, but I don't want the pressure of an engagement. And like, in my mind, if you see all of that with her, then why wouldn't you propose? Yeah. And I, I think it comes down to the time between meeting her and getting engaged that it's just a short period. And like his mom said, you can fall into love so easily, but you can also fall out of love so easily. And we just saw that constantly going around his head. Um, but I did, I was, I was pretty shocked. I actually thought he was going to propose to her after he, after he got the ring from Neil Lane. I thought, okay, so maybe he is going to propose. He got Mm -hmm. the ring. Why go through all of that if you're not going to propose? But, uh, like you said, he said he had the ring with him when he was, uh, like talking to her at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he, they agreed to, you know, uh, continue on post-production and just love each other outside of the show and see how things work before rushing in into an engagement yeah yeah so that was the ending we got um obviously it was a different ending than usual because typically you would see them you know oh I'm engaged you know all excited mm-hmm. they were excited but it was more of like you know, he does tell her he loves her and he's in love with her and she's the one. And obviously that makes her happy. To me, I'm like, you're settling for her because like she didn't get what they, like to me, I'd be mad if I was her because you two from day one have talked about engagement and now he just totally flipped a switch on you. 
Um, but what are you going to do? I mean, obviously we'll, we will get more information, which, um, in the, after the final rows, which comes after, mm -hmm. um, the engagement. Yep. And after, if obviously, uh, as everyone knows, after the final rows was hosted by Emmanuel Acho instead of Chris Harrison, because of everything going on and Chris Harrison came out a couple weeks ago and said he'd be taking, uh, a step away from the bachelor franchise for the time being. Um, so I, I did think Emmanuel Acho was perfect person to host this, which I'll perfect. get more into later, but it all starts off, which might I add, it was kind of an awkward transition between it was him so and, awkward. The whole show was mm -hmm. him. His, he, he, he handled himself perfectly. I just thought a ton of the transitions were awkward because it was I like, also I think not having an audience made it uncomfortable oh, as yeah. well. Like, I don't, I don't mean it was awkward because of the, you know, talking about the racial issues and all of that. Oh. I truly think that it was awkward because there one, was no applause. There was no applause, no audience. And we're also so used to seeing flashbacks. They show a lot of clips and they just did mm -hmm. not do that this episode. Yeah. So the transitions were very weird for him because it was like, all right, here's Michelle. Okay. Now here's Matt. It was so different than usual. Yeah, definitely. And Michelle was the first one uh, to come out and he talked to her about just how things left off with Matt and how she just did not get closure at all. And how much she, you know, she's had a lot of things on her chest and she's wanted to have that conversation with Matt. And she did tell him that, to tell Emmanuel Acho that she asked to speak with Matt. Again, it wasn't to get him to change his mind. It wasn't mm -hmm. to persuade him. It was just for final closure because she didn't get that when they were up in the uh, hotel room. So I read a couple different articles that had said, which I'm, I'm curious if you think this is um, the case, that if you like, if you want to speak to someone, you usually can ask producers to go and have a conversation. It's not that difficult. Mm -hmm. Like we've seen it. People just show up um, whenever, unannounced. So I'm curious if A, they did, like, do you think that the producers were like, were like, they were the ones that were like, no, Matt's not going to speak with you. And, or do you think he, they actually went to him and was like, Michelle wants to talk. And he was just like, I already have my mind made up. I don't, I'm, I'm good. I think it could have been a little bit of both because like you said, like, if you want to talk to them, you can get, you can get to right. the producers. But I also think in like, we're in the final two at this point and he just had a devastating breakup. I'm sure, I, I don't know. And I'm sure they did go to him and he was like, no, I'm too just out of place right now. I don't know what to do. My feelings are going in a hundred different directions and just didn't want um, to talk to her. I don't know. Cause yeah. he didn't do a great job of addressing it uh, when she did end up asking him when Matt came out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious, like, how that really went down, um, but I do feel bad because she did, the girl did deserve closure, like, if you're gonna break up, like, give her reasons why, tell her, mm -hmm. you know, you just didn't see her at the end, like, I don't know, so she had to just, like, leave the show and just move on without getting any type of, like, conversation with him, mm -hmm. um, so I totally get why she was so heartbroken, and um, then Emmanuel Acho, Ancho? Andro asked gotcha. her um, if, like, what her opinion was on this whole Rachel thing, because obviously she is a female of color on one of the biggest um, controversial seasons there, there has been. And, um, you know, she was very um, short with it, but she was like, you know, I believe that Rachel's a great girl, um, but I do think she mm -hmm. was insensitive about the whole situation. And um, you know, she was just like, we, you know, we need change. And unfortunately, like, I haven't seen it yet. Um, and then he mm -hmm. brings out Matt to, you know, speak with her, which this was the first time they've talked since the breakup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, she did ask him those questions. And I, I, I don't think we got the answers, or at least I can remember, we didn't get the answers we wanted or yeah. needed in terms of their breakup 
but we did hear or Emmanuel Acho asked Michelle if she was still in love with Matt and I believe she said no but she also said how much she cared about him like how much he'll always be a part of her her like heart or life but she is not in love with him anymore mm-hmm. yeah um and I thought it was interesting because um I think they do hug and have closure where mm-hmm. um him and Rachel don't you don't really see them like kind of kiss and make up um mm-hmm. and so then Emmanuel decide um after Michelle leaves you know we get the conversation between Emmanuel and Matt and they talk about just what it was like for Matt to be the first black bachelor and um you know Matt does say how it was a lot of pressure on him and you know he wanted to make sure that it was the you know he made a good point it was like it's the first time that people are going to have a black bachelor on their tvs and in their homes Mm -hmm. and he was like and I want to represent that image to everyone of you know, what a black guy is like. And he was talking about how, you know, he didn't want to um, give a perceptive uh, or perspective of, you know, what I'm trying to make sure I say everything correctly, but like um, he wanted to make sure that the way he showed us um, a black man acts Mm -hmm. and respects women and all of that is, is true um, to its nature. And so it was really interesting to see his side. You know, he, you can tell this whole conversation from now until the very end that like he is very torn up and very um, emotional. Mm -hmm. And this was just very difficult for him the entire evening. Um, Mm -hmm. But then Rachel, he asks Matt about Rachel and what happened. And he asks him if they're still together. And, you know, he says that they are not, they're broken up. Um, And, I thought it was interesting. Uh, He said, you hear things that are heartbreaking and you pray that they're not true. So he had thought that they were rumors when he first heard Mm -hmm. about it. Um, And then Rachel made a public statement, which I don't know how that was. He says that that was the breaking point. Um, And he says, then when you find out that they're true, it makes you question everything. I wasn't okay because it was in the moment in that moment and that conversation that I realized Rachel might not understand what it means to be black in America. And so obviously like he thought they were rumors and then he finds out they weren't. And so Mm -hmm. he called her and they broke up over the phone. Yeah. Um, You could just tell how much Matt is just broken up by this because I, one, I think he's come into a bad light just being with Rachel and then also to add on to that you know his relationship just crumbled um and I'm and it's yeah and it seemed like the relationship was extremely strong and it Mm -hmm. was going well and then all that hit and things just went downhill and he was broken up by it yeah and um he I think it was in an interview he was on GMA this morning and he made a great point that he said, you know, I had a lot of conversations because I was the first black bachelor about what it would be like. Um, and he's like, I had the hard conversations with all of the females that were of color. And he said with Chelsea, Michelle, Ryan, um, Brie, all, all those girls, he had those hard questions with. And he said, you know what? I didn't have the conversation with the women who were white because that was the conversation I should have had was talked more with Rachel about being an interracial couple and Mm -hmm. what it would be like in our future. And I thought that was a good point because I don't really know if he did have a lot of conversations about being a white bachelor or a white or a black bachelor with a white wife, I guess, or fiance Mm -hmm. in the end of it. Um, which I never really thought of it that way. So I thought that was interesting because he was like, maybe if Rachel and I Mm -hmm. had these conversations beforehand, um, you know, I could have kind of felt it out or gotten more from her about Mm -hmm. how she felt as the fact that they would have kids one day that were mixed and they would now have a family that 
was not all white like Rachel is used to. Yeah, and so she did, or Emmanuel Acho did bring Rachel out and he asked her, when you look at the, the, that photo, what do you see? And Rachel says how she sees uh, someone who is living in ignorance, referring to herself. I never once asked myself at any point, like, what's the tradition behind this? What does this represent? Why do we wear those dresses? And this isn't an I don't know better defense, uh, she continues, but I never took the time to make any that connection uh, and nor is Rachel going to blame anyone or anything for her ignorance. And she also said, in my eyes, there's no excuse. And I think, you know, that's a common issue where people do things without knowing the oh, background. Yeah, and that's, that's the, the issue. I, I guess the issue that needs to be addressed is knowing the background before you make that like, ignorant, like she said, a mistake. Yeah. And I thought Rachel, now, I don't know if all of this was, you know, pre, not pre-written for her, but I don't know if maybe she had conversations before she went on the show and kind of pre-planned what she would say, um, or if this was truly from the heart, but I thought she did a really good job and she did own everything. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, what you had said, which was in a quote of hers was like, she never took the time to look up what that meant. Like she, she had an idea, but she never looked it up exactly. And Emmanuel explains to her, like, what exactly is an antebellum party? Mm-hmm. And she was, and he was like, did you ever like think anything of it when you were attending these or you, you know, you post these pictures and she was like, I just didn't. And, um, Another good point that she made that I think, you know, with me living in the South, I totally think is accurate is a lot of people assume that um, when you're in the South, that's just what you were, that's what you grew up on. And because Emmanuel asked her, like, do you feel like the reason why you were so unaware and insensitive and uneducated was because of how you grew up and the way you were raised? And, you know, she was like, no, like people, everyone thinks that it's because like it's an excuse, like this is normal where I grew up. And she was like, and that just doesn't make it right. And I think that is so accurate because a lot of people do just assume like, oh, she was, she's from Georgia. That's, you know, that's what they're used to, but that doesn't make it right or acceptable. Um, So she, she did make a lot of great points that I thought were, you know, it showed that she is working to educate herself on what Mm -hmm. she did wrong. Um, and, and she did, did a uh, job of it. She did bring up that um, she has been, I think, like reading books, reading articles, watching documentaries, trying to learn from it. And I think, I, I guess that's the first step to learning from it. Um, yeah, like she was like, I could, she, um, I could list out all the books and podcasts and all that, but really it's like not about mm-hmm. that. It's about like how I'm making a change, um, which, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but but there following is something- that, I'm well, sorry, I was going to but- segue into uh, when following that they did bring out Matt um, yes, to before join. You, before you do that, I do want to something, there is a quote that I want to read because I do think that this um, was absolutely like, this is why Emmanuel was the best person for this discussion, because he made a, a comment that I think is something that everyone should hear. Um, he said, there's a difference between being racist and racially insensitive or racially ignorant. He said, I've been very intentional about saying what you did was racially insensitive. It was racially, racially ignorant and it plays itself out as racism, but that doesn't necessarily classify someone as racist. You have to pull back the cur- curtains and look at their intention. Was their intention malicious? Which I think is perfect because just because she did something that was, you know, on racially ignorant doesn't mean that she is a racist there is a completely Mm -hmm. different so I'm glad that he made that point because I think it's fair for other people because I'm sure she's getting so much hate crime and or not hate crime so much hate in her dms and people saying she's racist and you know all of that Mm -hmm. stuff and I'm glad he made that point that like there there is a difference it's not everything isn't just considered racist 
Yeah. But yeah, I but agree. yeah so um, go ahead with Matt joining to talk about everything. Yeah, so they 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 brought Matt out and um it it was a little uncomfortable to see the two yeah. see each other for the first time because you could just see just how much it mentally and emotionally destroyed them. Yeah. And when he sat down it was a little awkward. It was silent. And Acho, um, I mean, Acho said, uh, Matt, how hard is this on you? And we, we got like silence and yeah, that was so um, it was close to like eight. It was close to like 18 seconds silence. But, you know, I asked myself as in, from a production standpoint, do you, do you want to keep that silence or do you want to cut it? I and I, the, the more, the, the more I thought about it, the more real it made it. Mm-hmm. The fact that they did keep the silence just because yep. like Matt is just like he is in awe. He doesn't know what to say. His words are just flying around in his head, but has nothing to say. And you could just tell how much he was struggling. Yeah, no, I thought the same thing. Like they could have easily cut that out. But then, you know, after he, um Emmanuel jumps in and is like what else do you want to share with her and then he sits there for like almost a full minute in silence and then you know they go off and Mm -hmm. it's like it's true they could have just completely cut it and I think that as uncomfortable as it was it showed that like he was very very hurt it's like silence I agree that people say that silence is like the best way to show like that you are just destroyed by something Mm -hmm. and so it after the long silent it went to commercial and then once it came back from commercial there was more awkward silence and then Emmanuel Acho finally asked Matt like what's on your mind and he said it's best to be honest after a little pause he um Matt responded he said the most disappointing thing for me was having to explain to you why I what I saw was problematic and why I was so upset um and he said when I questioned our relationship it was in the context of you not fully understanding my blackness and what it means to be a black man in America and what it would mean for our kids mm-hmm. I mean that yeah, he, he brought think... up extremely like fair points and yeah I'm sure and obviously obviously we don't know the conversation that they had, but I'm sure like in Rachel's, she probably was trying to defend herself and was probably like, not like he said, like it was, she was questioning it. And like, she didn't understand like why this was so problematic. And it's, it's, it, it, it was really tough to just see Matt going through all that because I would say Matt was a very lovable bachelor. He may not have been the best on camera, but like Mm -hmm. you were always rooting for him to find that love in the end. And then for him not to find it, it's, it's, it's tough to watch. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was very hard to see. Um, And I also felt it was very hard for her. I mean, I don't think that like, you know, I've said before, like, I don't really believe in cancel culture. So I don't really think Mm -hmm. that, you know, this girl should be like absolutely canceled for a mistake that she made, especially if she's trying to work on it. So I was really shocked that, um, you know, Matt was, um, it didn't seem like he was forgiving, um, Mm -hmm. which is something that I mentioned the last week's episode. I said, if him and Rachel end up together, because I talked about him and being very forgiving with his dad, and willing to move past it. So I said, if him and Rachel end up together, I'm curious if, you know, he's easy to forgive. And obviously we see that like pretty much they end it with him being like, I just don't see us coming back from mm-hmm. this. Like, I don't see there being any chance for us. And um, yeah, I feel bad for her because she goes on to talk about how like he's the love of her life and that she's never experienced love like this. And um, she said, I don't see how I can have the same feelings for someone else. And it's just like, I, I feel for her. I feel bad. Mm-hmm. That's a, it, it's a tough pill to swallow for her. And it's, he kept saying, I, he, I have to remember the exact word, but he kept saying, she's got to do this on her own. She's got to do this on her own. Which I don't think she does. Mm-hmm. She can't like, he's not there to teach her and show her how to like understand I get that 
but I do mm-hmm. think that like everyone deserves a chance to redeem themselves and a oh, chance yeah. to work at like um changing and educating yourself and you know he just didn't seem like he didn't even say like maybe down the road when I've seen change from you like he just flat out was like no mm-hmm. yeah and so as of now they are not together I'll be very curious to see will they reunite will they try to make things work but when all is said and done I definitely think even if Chris Harrison did not come out um with the statements defending Rachel Emmanuel Acho was the perfect person to talk to Matt because you know he is a black man and he can relate with Matt when Chris Harrison would have absolutely no relation or connection with yeah. any of the points that Matt would be talking about. So I think Emmanuel was just the perfect person. And he's very educated. Mm-hmm. And I also loved how, um, if you know Emmanuel Lacho, he has his own podcast video series called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And if you really listen closely during a lot of after the final rose, he uses the word uncomfortable, I think like mm-hmm. eight times. I started counting. And I just thought it was sort of a slight, subtle plug to his podcast in a way, yeah. uh, which I thought was kind of funny. But at the end of the episode, we did get to uh, see and hear for the first time who will be the next Bachelorette. And there is not just one Bachelorette. There is two, which is very yeah. exciting. Kate, Katie and Michelle. So Katie, season of The Bachelorette will start filming in a couple weeks, uh, mm-hmm. which will air in May. And then we will get Paradise in July or end of July. And then we will get Michelle's season of The Bachelorette come. So they're just going to skip Bachelor. We won't have a Bachelor well, in between. It's going to be in October, the next season of The Bachelorette. Right. But that means we skip a Bachelor. Like we go from yes. Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelorette. Yeah. But we will get The Bachelor come January again of next year. Yeah. Um, Which I, I wonder if they are going to sort of keep this going. Because yeah, I mean, who knows they, did the, they did The Bachelorette in the fall, and now they're going to be doing it again. So will they rotate back and forth? Maybe if they have a great Bachelor uh, contestant, they'll be like, oh, let's do him in the fall. Or if they have a better yeah. female, will they do that in the fall? So I'll be curious yeah. to see how they go about that. But I, I was, you know, connecting it back to old announcements of The Bachelorette, I was not a fan of how they announced it. They, Manuel Acha was like, come out, ladies. Um, and then they came out and he was, um, um, he was like, you guys have an announcement. And they were like, we're the next Bachelorette. Yeah, and it was I just weird. Like, it was I, different. Yeah, I thought that um because there there were rumors leading up to it, and you had texted me saying that like you had heard there were going to be two, so I thought maybe it was going to be like Caitlin and I think her name was Allie um season where the guys had to pick. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. And then when they both came out, and he was like, oh, we couldn't decide which one, and he made it seem like he was about to pick one or the other. Um, but obviously we're getting both mm-hmm. of them. I did hear which just makes me love Michelle and even more that the reason why she's going in the fall is because she's going to film in the summer and that way she doesn't have to give up teaching, which just shows again, she's not like any other female on the show where she's trying to yeah. be like fake and looking for fame. Like she still wants to keep her teaching job and she still wants to be a teacher and doesn't want to just walk away from that for a career in the bachelor. Um, Mm-hmm. which I loved and I'm so excited I absolutely love Michelle I do like Katie but I don't know if I see her season be- being entertaining um because she is kind of like we haven't seen a lot from her so hopefully mm-hmm. it's one that um will you know that will we won't be bored but yeah. I'm excited I'm It'll personally I'm personally too. Mm, I was gonna say I'm personally a big fan of Katie just because we saw how real she was mm-hmm. with the the women in the house they the women in the house some of them found him problematic that she was just honest with Matt and told yeah. him when bad stuff was going down so I'll be I I think she's gonna handle the house well she's not yeah. gonna take other people's crap and she's gonna be there to find love um yeah, but for like sure. you said we really didn't get a lot of her but um, 
I, I, I do I do think she'll be good. Do you think that people are, a lot of people are saying that they're wondering if the reason why they announced two hosts, Caitlin and Tasha, if they're going to be together for both seasons or if one of them is going to do one of the girls and one of them is going to do the other because they never really announced, you know, what it, any more details besides the fact that it's both of them. I do know Tasha is quarantining right now. Um, that was addressed just because there's a lot of rumors that her and Zach ended things, which they didn't. Yes, um, I saw that. Apparently she just sent her ring in for sizing. Um, but I do believe she is quarantining. But a point I wanted to bring up is how many people did they go through before deciding Caitlin Bristow would be the next co-host? Because why not JoJo? Why not well, JoJo's, Why not JoJo, Ben Higgins? So JoJo is currently filming. Uh, she announced today her and Jordan are filming in Costa Rica, a TV show. Um, they're yeah. working on like a dating show. So that's probably why they didn't ask her for at least yeah right now and then good question on ben and i think they wanted to they probably one wanted to stray away from a white male because that is chris harrison so i think they thought that like if they pick a female one it looks like they're you know not sticking to the norm of a male and um becca i'm not sure why i don't know to be honest but i definitely i wonder maybe she has a connection with rachel and possibly she does yeah she does they're very good but friends. um i i also i wonder if emmanuel acho was considered because that would that would have been interesting to have him and Tasha. yeah and i think definitely segueing off of after the final rose yeah that's true i hope i i'll be honest i don't really think you need two hosts for chris harrison's job i don't so think so I, either i don't i hope they don't do two people but um, mm-hmm. on each season and they split it up, but I'll be, I, I'm not a huge fan of Caitlin Bristow only because I had a poor interaction with her in person in Nashville, mm-hmm. but I love Tasha and I, I think she has such a good personality. She'll be great for this show. Um, and so I yeah, also wonder exciting. now who would be hosting paradise. Could it be Wells? Oh, I would love because he already Wells. is out. He is always there every year. But also, mm-hmm. I know he, or I believe he's getting married this summer, so that may be a conflict. But um, I wonder who hosts Paradise. If it will be Chris, will it be Tasha or Caitlin? Um, so there's a lot of exciting things for this spring and this summer. But this wraps up this season of Matt's season of The Bachelor and After the Final Rose with Alana. And Dante, if you don't already, make sure to follow us on Instagram at ATFR underscore podcast, as well as on YouTube at After the Final Rose. And make sure to like us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast streaming platforms. Um, excited to be back in May for another season of The Bachelorette. We just did back-to-back seasons of The Bachelorette yeah. two times with, with uh, Claire and Tasha, Ooh, we get a little break and then now. Matt James, and then Matt James' season of The Bachelor. So we'll see you back here in May um, for another season of The Bachelorette and another season of After the Final Rose. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we will see you in the spring.